You're now tuned in to the Brendan King Show. From high above the circle in downtown Indianapolis, here's BK. God, it's a big week. It is a big week that challenges the month of March and the month of May combined. This may be the craziest week of broadcasting I've ever had. Ever, ever. Ever, ever, ever. I ain't sleeping. But it's all for good reason. Quick episode today. Welcome to episode 30. This is the big 3-0 of the BK Show And boy, we got a big one for you. From the Fan Morning Show, 7 to 10, which I am currently co-hosting with the great Kevin Bowen, his brand new show that he has just been put on by 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm helping KB out. I'm his co-host. Have been really enjoying it the last week or so. But damn, we got the big boy, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, episode 30 of the BK Show, We will also hear from Colts cornerback Kenny Moore, who I caught up with from practice last week discussing all things about the Carolina Panthers and what it's like to defend a guy like Christian McCaffrey. But this is the Big 3-0, episode 30 of the BK Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Of course, presented with our great buddies at Friday Beers, the Barrett Bros. Code T-H-E-B-R-E-15. 15% off all Friday Beers merch right now. Get you a shirt, get you a hat, Almost Friday gear. The Almost Friday picks have been exceptional the last couple weeks. And I know Matt Elder uh, and Jordan Galligan have been texting lately. Uh, Outer Banks, is that what the show is called? Outer Banks. Uh, They made an Almost Friday thing out of that. I think the next Almost Friday, and, you know, who knows if this would actually be taken but like Peaky Blinders a Tommy Shelby almost Friday shirt would match it up with Luca Changretta would be would be exceptional but episode 30 I want to tell you guys why it is such a crazy week um, again I am hanging with Kevin Bowen on the fan morning show morning 7 to 10 93 5 1075 the fan uh, KB again named the full-time host and the fan is going to be bringing in guest hosts along the way here, trying to mat- find a match with KB. I'm happy to slot in where I can and be in there with him, um, you know, again, while they make that decision. But it's been a lot of fun. But again, Frank Reich and Kenny Moore on the pod here. KB and I talked to Frank Reich and a little hint, hint, wink, wink. There may be more on the way from practice. Looking forward to next week as well. Lauren Burke, Texas softball player. And a TikTok star. I want to get this right because Lauren Burke, who has taken the internet over, again, she is a Texas softball player and a very good one at that, but she is also a barstool athlete. She has gone viral. How about this? 429,000 TikTok followers, 6.4 million TikTok likes. She's coming on the show next week. Really looking forward to that. Lauren Burke, um, who is now becoming like an aim, uh, name, image, and likeness stud. 
Barstool athlete. I'm really looking forward to asking her about like NIL and what exactly the hell it is and how some of these athletes have benefited from it as they should. But again, Lauren Burke, Texas softball player, joins us next week. Viral TikToker. And I don't I, I don't talk to many viral TikTokers. So I have the TikTok TikTok app, TikTok. I have the TikTok app. But I don't know anything about it. The TikTok app to me is just watching dog videos and food videos and laughing my ass off at the dumbest shit on the internet. We're <laughs> like, seriously. Um, but no, this week on the morning show, uh, Monday through Thursday, dropping this on uh, Wednesday morning, Wednesday at midnight. So I've hosted the morning show the last two days with KB on the morning show, 7 to 10 Wednesday, 7 to 10 Thursday. I will co-host the Dan Dockett show with the great Jimmy Cook on Friday But here's the thing, Thursday night, Thursday the 19th, it's the national TV debut. Let's go! The Marquee Sports Network, I will be up in South Bend, bringing you South Bend Cubs baseball on a Cubs off day on the Marquee Sports Network, the new television home of the Chicago Cubs. Damn, it is a dream come true. I'm really looking forward to working with uh, Max Toma, one of the number two broadcasters in South Bend right now. Uh, I will have the play-by-play for you. 7.05 on the Marquee Sports Network, our great crew led by Chris Hagstrom and the tremendous people up in the bend. God, I'm excited. The national TV big debut. Now, I did call an inning on Fox Sports in the Cape League, but this is a full game, national television. If you have AT&T, Xfinity, DirecTV, you can watch. And that's anywhere in the country. If you have a cable package... With DirecTV, Xfinity, or AT&T, you can tune in. I mean, I, I, I could leave it to you guys, too, to find some kind of stream. Like, that's out of my hands. But if you guys can tune in, boy, ah, God, that would be awesome. Tweet me at Sports. Instagram's at Brendan King Show. Shoot me a text if you're watching. Shoot me a Snapchat if you're watching. I mean, I, this is, like, dream come true territory. This is, like... You know, getting ready to be on national TV Thursday night, 7.05, South Bend Cubs baseball against the Quad Cities River Band instead of the Kansas City Royals affiliate. Let's go. Let's go. So I just need to come on here and tell you guys all about that. Friday is my first high school football game on the fan. I've been named the voice of our Friday night game of the week, Friday night football, 93.5, The fan, Lawrence North playing Avon. That is game number one. And then Saturday is my sister's graduation party. Saturday, I will be up in Chi-Town. Looking forward to seeing some boys. Looking forward to, you know, hopefully running into, if you're listening to Chicago, uh, hopefully run into you in the city on Saturday night. And then Sunday is we is John Rothstein, we sleep on Sunday. But other than that, you know, morning show, 7 to 10, Monday, Thursday. Dockage on Friday. National TV debut and sprinkled, and I got an Indianapolis Indians game, which was just done on Tuesday. So, crazy week, all while I'm moving. I am moving places. Um, so, again, wild-ass week, but a fun-ass week at that. So, hopefully you guys can tune in on Thursday. Frank Wright, Kenny Moore coming up here, episode 30 of the BK Show. 15% off merch right now. Uh, T-H-E-B-R-E 15. Get your shirt. Almost Friday. Let's go. I, I do want to say this, though. And again, short epi here just because I need to 
get the sleep I can. It's 1030. I'm recording this. We we host the show from Grand Park where the Colts practice tomorrow at 7. But I need to say this. Of I'm getting really sick and tired of the media giving up and ridiculing and saying these this kid can't play when somebody struggles for a quarter or somebody throws an interception or somebody fumbles or somebody strikes out or somebody takes a penalty or somebody embarrasses themselves. The media, and especially sports media, are the easiest people to point the finger, but when it's their fault, they never take responsibility, especially sports media. When somebody makes a mistake in a story or somebody makes a factual error, or somebody calls somebody out and they realize they were wrong to do so, they always sweep it under the rug. It's never, okay, I I screwed up. It's always writing a note on your iPhone, posting it on Twitter, and be like, I'll try and be better next time. But when it comes to a guy making a mistake and doing something, oh, as heartbreaking and as, oh, this guy cannot do this, this guy stinks, through an interception. And that's exactly why I said months ago that the Bears cannot start Justin Fields week one. Now, Justin Fields gave us, this guy's the Messiah preseason week one. Justin Fields, Chicago Bears savior. Wasn't Mitch the Chicago Bears savior? Wasn't Rex Grossman the Chicago Bears savior? Wasn't Jay Cutler supposed to go and win Super Bowls in Chicago? Justin Fields, people begging him to be the starter is so unrealistic, and it makes me so sad because I know Justin Fields, at least watching interviews, it's easy to tell that he's a good dude. And it's easy to tell that he's excited. And I think Justin Fields deserves to be the starter in Chicago because Andy Dalton, when we're talking from a realistic standpoint, Andy Dalton should not be starting over Justin Fields. But it can't happen because the Chicago media tears people to shreds like sharks in Cape Cod. Like sharks in the Cape Cod Bay. Oh, it's terrible. And again, I love David Kaplan. I love Patrick Mooney. I'm talking other people. I'm talking the... The people I'm talking about are the media people that thinks they're big shots because they have a byline. David Kaplan's more than that. He's a Chicago legend. Patrick Mooney's my buddy. He's more than that. But I'm talking to people that write blogs and post on Twitter that this guy sucks or this guy can't play or the Bears wasted. Oh, this is, woe is me that I have to go and cover this bull crap. It just frustrates me to no end because I know Justin Fields is just going to be the next guy fed to the Sharks no matter what happens because Justin Fields can go on to have a good rookie season. But anytime he makes a mistake, that mistake is going to be under the magnifying glass of everybody that thinks they actually know about football and thinks that they can write just because daddy bought them a website and just because they pay for a byline. It frustrates me to no end. Justin Fields cannot be the starter week one because you know who's waiting for him week one? That's right, Aaron Donald. If you're a Bears fan, please call me, 317-699-2350. Or if you're an NFL fan, please call me. Like, Trey Lance cannot start week one for the 49ers. Why would you start Trey Lance when you already have Jimmy Garoppolo, who lost you a Super Bowl, but took you to a Super Bowl as little as two years ago? Why are we putting these unrealistic expectations heading into one of the most dangerous games in the world and one of the most talented leagues in the world 
saying, oh yeah, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. The only person, I said this in the Bears monologue a few months back, the only two people who should be starting week one for their respective teams, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Trevor Lawrence, because he's the number one overall pick and he's the only guy set for this situation. And Zach Wilson, because the Jets don't know what they're doing and they don't have anybody to help him. They they don't have the Alex Smith situation where the Jets, if they were smart, if the Jets were smart, they would have an Alex Smith there right now and they'd let Zach Wilson sit for a year. Same thing with Mahomes. I don't understand why, you know, with Texas joining the SEC or everybody in Major League Baseball doing the same things now, advanced scouting crap and, you know, pitching openers in the first inning. In sports, everybody follows the leader and everybody just speculates, okay, it worked for these guys, it'll work for us. Well, the Chiefs won a damn Super Bowl with sitting Patrick Mahomes for a year under Alex Smith, and nobody seems to be following that tutelage. Why, though? We're seeing that you can win if you don't rush your guy, yet teams continue to rush their guys. Zach Wilson should be the starter in New York because they don't have another option but he should not be the starter in New York because he's going to fail miserably and he's got a defensive head coach. Trevor Lawrence is probably going to lose double-digit games this year for the Jaguars because their offensive line stinks and Urban Meyer has lost 32 games in his life. And I'm sorry, Coach Meyer, but the headaches are coming back. You know what Coach Meyer said after the first preseason game? That he was frustrated losing his first preseason game? And he just had to release Tim Tebow, so I'm sure there were tears cried. And Tim Tebow, I mean, I like Tim Tebow, but Urban Meyer had to let go of his guy. That's kind of embarrassing. I don't think Urban Meyer's going to be doing too well after he loses, you know, after he gets blown out in Week 10 and the Jaguars are already dipped down in the AFC South. Now, nobody's going to be worse than Houston. You can't play Watson, man. How can you play Watson with what has happened? But anyway... I'm sorry, Coach Meyer, the headaches are coming back. But back to the original point. The only two rookie quarterbacks who should play off the bat are Lawrence and Wilson. I don't understand in a sports industry where everybody follows the leader and everybody sees, oh, that worked for you? I'm going to copy you. Oh, Texas is going to the SEC? Oh, Texas is winning games in the 12-team playoff? Oh, I'm, we're going to go, we're going to leave our conference too. Yet nobody follows the Kansas City mold where, yes, Kansas City has a loaded roster, but you have a future Hall of Fame quarterback now who had to sit for a year under Alex Smith who was just okay. Andy Reid was smart, but we don't follow the leader when it comes to being smart. I've never understood it. Justin Fields is going to get torn up if they throw him to Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is licking his chops right now. You know why? Because he she, he sees that Chicago Bears logo on the first part of the schedule. He sees that week one. Let's pull up the Bears schedule. Aaron Donald is licking his chops. L.A. Rams in L.A. You're telling me you're putting Justin Fields out for that? In the monstrosity that is the Rams' new stadium? That game is aired nationally on NBC. That's Sunday night football. You're telling me you're going to put Justin Fields out for Sunday night football in L.A., raucous crowd, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, Aaron Donald? Are you ridiculous? Now, Justin Fields week two against the Bengals, 
I'd feel a little bit better about that. But you're not starting Justin Fields week two. Again, here's how it's going to happen for the Bears. The fans are going to start begging for him. They already are begging for him. That's step one. The media will pick up on what the fans are saying. Then the media will start to pressure the Bears. Ryan Pace would then hear that. And Ryan Pace, who is GMing for his job, same as Matt Nagy is coaching for his job, Ryan Pace trying to save his own ass, he would go to Matt Nagy and say, we got to start Justin. That may be as soon as week four, excuse me, week five at Las Vegas, at the Raiders. Let's say Andy Dalton stinks. There, again, if you put Justin Fields out for Sunday Night Football in L.A. against Aaron Donald, I feel really bad that you make that ridiculous of a take. But again, if Andy Dalton stinks week two against the Bengals, week three at Cleveland, week four against Detroit, let's say they lose two of those three. If the Bears lose two of three to Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Detroit, then you're on field watch because then it's Las Vegas and then the Packers come in. Boy, if the Bears lose at Vegas and the Packers are coming in, that week five to week six, that may be Justin Fields' territory. Because I was wrong, and clearly Nick Foles wants out of Chicago. I will admit when I'm wrong. There's no way Nick Foles plays it down for the Bears. He wants out. He's going to bet. If Nick Foles is not the starter slash the backup after the preseason, he's out. He's 100% out. So that week five to week six may be Fields' territory for the Bears. But you're ridiculous if you're saying that he should start week one. Because the second, again, he makes an error, like sharks in the goddamn water, people are going to be coming at this kid. And I know Justin Fields played at a big college, and I know he played at Ohio State. I know that. But this is a totally different game, man. Packers coming into Soldier Field, this is totally different. And I don't know if he's ready for that. No, you could week one pre. I get it. He had a great preseason game. It's the, the. Do you realize they canceled the preseason last year because that's how much it does not matter. The NFL was willing to not make money off of the preseason. When you say that the NFL is willing to not make money, that's how much the preseason does not matter. Okay. If the NFL passes on money. The NF, we're talking the NFL. If the NFL passes on money, that's how much they could care. That's how much they could give a care about what's going on. So, again, I think you should start Fields. He should be your quarterback. Andy Dalton should not be your quarterback. But you can't start him. You can't. Because it's just the next Mitch. It's just the next Cutler. It's just the next Grossman. And that's the same case for Lance. That's the same case for Wilson. But you have to play Wilson. That's the same case for Mac Jones in New England. The expectations just do not match up with the reward. The expectations for Fields outweigh what he can do in those first three weeks. Because you tell me if you start fields against LA week one, again, in Los Angeles on Sunday night football, and he stinks, what does that tell the national public 
if Justin Fields stinks and you have to relieve him with Andy Dalton, I think that's more embarrassing than if you trot Dalton out there and he gets killed by Donald. It would be more embarrassing to put Fields out there and have to pull him because he's just not cutting in his first regular season game than it would be to get embarrassed with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. Because then Ryan Pace, I mean, he'd be crucified. Ryan, people would be calling for Pace's job after week one of Field Stinks. So again, the expectation reward is just not going to do it for me. Episode 30 of the BK Show, Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich joined myself and Kevin Bowen on the Fan Morning Show on Tuesday. First time I've ever talked to Frank. I really enjoyed it. Here is a snippet of that conversation right now. Hey, Frank, where do you think Carson was before the injury? At what stage, you know, how happy were you with his development? Really happy. I mean, I wish we could have seen a little bit more, uh, you know, practice. But, you know, we had talked so much in the offseason, and he had done a lot of work on his own. When they weren't allowed to come in here, you know, he was out, you know, doing workouts, working with his quarterback guy and working with the receivers on his own, sending me, you know, I could see video or whatever um, occasionally. So, we, you know, we get a chance to talk a little bit. Then you see he come in and, and just his approach, his mental approach and where he was at physically, man, he just looked strong. The ball was coming off his hand hot, you know, and, and uh, looked good. Scott Milanovic, I remember saying mid-season form. He, he kind of felt like at that Thursday practice, I think 8 of 11 when he, when he ended up getting yeah. hurt on that day. Um, going back to Sunday, Frank and Frank Wright, Colts head coach, joined us now on the Fan Morning Show. I, I was extremely impressed by, by Jacob. You know, I, I feel like we sit here and we look at the numbers, and I know how much you love yards per attempt, completion percentage. I mean, those numbers were pretty eye-popping there. And yet we also sit here and talk about, you know, pocket awareness and pinpoint accuracy and progressions like there is room for improvement but yet he still produced some some very impressive numbers very impressive numbers and then you know we had the the deep ball to kylan granson which should have been a catch in my opinion which yeah which was close one way or the other so you talk about the percentage and the yards per attempt that's just going to jack it up there even more so um but yeah, no, I thought he looked good um, throwing the ball um, in his progressions. You know, there's maybe one or two, one or two plays where you want the ball just coming out a little bit quicker. Um, but I, I thought he looked great. And then, you know, mentally, I thought he handled himself well as far as you know getting us in and out of plays that we wanted to. But there again, there's still a couple plays. And here's what, here's the next step that he has to take. And this is just normal. Like I, this is, I don't want to make a big deal about this. This is just normal. But in the course of a game, um, there's 10 to 12 plays that a quarterback has to do something to get you in the right player, to make the right call, to make play right. And so, um, and we want to score 100% on those. And we didn't score 100% on those in the game on Sunday, either quarterback. So that's where we can get better. Is there any thought, and I know you've said that Sam will start on Saturday and play about a half with the starters. Is there any thought to committing to Jacob and saying, he needs starting work in the preseason, and if he doesn't get that till week three, do I worry about him being ready, you know, regular season-wise? Yeah, no, you know, uh, no, fair question. Um, you know, we feel like he'll get a lot of work. We'll start Sam. We feel like he's earned that, and Sam went out and looked good on Sunday as well. So, um, you know, we're just going to let it – we're going to let that play out this week. We'll get them both a lot of reps, and then, you know, we'll reevaluate after the game and see how it goes for week three. 
Frank, of course, Jacob Eason trained under Philip Rivers last year, didn't get to get on the field, but with Eason's preparation now, especially off the field, do you see any Philip Rivers type in him of how he goes about his job? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, because it's hard after you spend a year like that. You, you, usually some of that does rub off on you. And probably as much as anything, you know, what I would hope would be the, the preparation before you get on the field, in the meetings, just seeing how Phillip was. But as far as style of quarterback play, I probably need to see a little bit more. But then again, nobody like Phillip Rivers. I mean, <laughs> nobody like Phillip Rivers. Come on now. I mean, um, his pocket presence and, and, you know, that's like doctorate level stuff, uh, you know, what Philip would do in the pocket and the throws that he could make from the pocket under tight pressure, I, I still marvel at and the accuracy and all those things. But um, yeah, certainly that year with Philip was was great for Jacob to see his mental preparation going in. Frank Reich, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, joining us a little less than ninety minutes until the Colts get back to work here at Grand Park. If any, Frank, how much will the look of your offensive line um, and health of that group dictate? if you have to go to Jacob or Sam week one? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's going to factor into who plays quarterback. You know, we're, we're just going to, you know, whoever's there is there. I mean, I, that's our approach. So, you know, hopefully all those guys get healthy. You know, as we said yesterday, you know, Ryan Kelly, I think, will get back on the practice field this week. You know, Quentin's making progress. Eric Fisher, you know, we think is making good progress, but we still wait and see. Um, and... You know, we have confidence in those other guys. And so whoever ends up, you know, winning the backup quarterback job, if they need to play week one, um, it's not going to be determined by, hey, well, we think Sam is more mobile. And if not, if Quentin's not playing and if Eric Fisher's not playing, we better play the more mobile quarterback. We'll just let it play out and we'll choose our guy and go. Obviously, I, I know nothing, but I watch Eric Fisher on the side here. I'm thinking, that dude looks close. I mean, is week one a possibility for him? <laughs> like, he, he looks like a guy that. I know full pads is a whole different story, but... Yeah, it is a different story, but you're right, because I've said the same thing to myself. I've made the same, you know, as we're walking off the field and he's over there doing his work, and, you know, there's been once or twice I've yelled over there, put some pads on him! <laughs> you know, because I know that's the next step in the progression, and uh, and we're not going anywhere until we get those pads on for a little bit, so uh, I'm sure, and I've talked to Eric, and he's doing well, but as we know, you know, that's an injury that you don't want to mess with and so um you you gotta let it do what it's supposed to do and, and feel right about it before you get those pads on and then take that final step so a chance for week one or still i haven't you know i have not even i have not even tried to wrap my mind around that like probably i'm hoping that could happen but this whole off season i wasn't thinking that was a possibility yeah. you know i wasn't thinking that was a possibility and then as you said kevin the times i see him out here i think huh Maybe it is a possibility. And and I haven't pressed him and I haven't pressed the trainers because, you know, I mean, because of the nature of that injury, I just think we need to be disciplined and let it take its course. And I'm going to just trust the docs and our trainers and Eric to say, hey, I'm ready to go. And, and if so, great. If not, hopefully it'll be early in the season. Frank, is there anything you specifically remember from your first few sets of snaps in the NFL that you've, you've tried to pass along to Easton and Ellinger? Um, you know, I, what I remember is th that it, it, 
it was easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like, uh, and like I, I happened to watch just because it was the first start. I don't always get a chance to do this, but I did watch both quarterbacks post game press conference, right? I, and you know, it's training camp. These are young guys. I want to see how they're responding. I want to see that stuff too, right. you know. For sure. And I, you know, and I kind of heard what Jacob was saying about, you know, they just seemed uncluttered, you know. And that's and when he was saying, I was like, that's right. That's what you should feel. Like it feels like it just feels easier. The game slows down. That You want to feel that. And I think both guys felt that. That's a good sign. I was surprised to hear that from Jacob because I think at times we forget you know, he gets hurt early in that sophomore year at Georgia. The dude has played one season of football in the last four or five years. Yeah, I know. And um, it's a credit to him how he looked on Sunday. And uh, But it's also, you know, it, it makes me realize, hey, we, you know, a couple of those mental things that we got to clean up you know, you've got to be patient, you know, and understand this is a guy who has a lot of physical talent. He works hard. I love his attitude. I mean, Jacob's got a great, he's very coachable. He doesn't, you know, you can coach him hard. Um, he's, he's got the right approach. We're going to have Sam Ellinger on, I think, on Thursday, and I, I come blown away by him just in press conferences and everything he's gone through in his young life. Uh, can you put into words what the it factor is that I feel on the sidelines and I'm sure yeah. guys in the huddle feel much, much more when watching him. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody feels he's very seasoned. You know, unlike Jacob, who didn't play a ton in college, you know, Sam's been the superstar. You know, he's kind of, he's mature. He's He's been seasoned and matured as a competitor. And yeah, I think you feel that in the huddle. It's not, not a knock on Jacob. I mean, I think guys have confidence and know his ability and he's and he's doing well. But you just feel that with Sam. You, you feel that with Sam. You know, you feel he's an unselfish player. You feel like he's a, he's a team player. And you just feel like the guy, like I think on that last drive on Sunday, he's the kind of guy, and people have said this about him his whole career, like he's going to figure out how to make a play to win the game. Like you just believe he's when he steps in the huddle, like this is a guy who's going to figure it out. And, um, you know, doesn't have the arm that Jacob has, but certainly we saw how he can make plays with his feet and, uh, and good decisions. Frank, I think Sunday also showed us just the wide receiver depth that this team has. And I saw Doug Peterson go up to Mike Strawn in the joint practices and how just how impressed have you been with Mike Strawn, especially in the joint practices, Frank, going against a guy like J.C. Horn, the number eight overall pick. He didn't miss a beat. No, he didn't. And uh, very impressed with Mike. Well, uh, what I was saying yesterday to some guys is, you, you know, the physical skills are, you know, really good and big and strong. But I'm just surprised at his route instincts, like what just how he, you know, when he gets press coverage or when it's zone, he just get doing the right thing. You know, he's doing the right thing. And that sometimes it's hard to teach and he's sh- and, and like coming out of a break, knowing when to ease it down out of a break, knowing when to come hard out of a break, depending on the route, um, finding the right spots in zone coverage, a knack versus press release. When do you know? When do you got to slip inside? When can you get outside? How do you, you know? All those things. Um, ra- Here's another big thing with him: route depth. Usually, young guys cutting all their routes short. You know, you got you got to tell you you got to get deeper. You got to, and, and he's showing a knack for the for that as well. A couple more with Frank Reich, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I believe Carson's two days of work. I don't know, twenty twenty five passes in in, in eleven on eleven. If he needs any, how much practice time do you think he would need to be ready to go week one? Because, unfortunately, just not a lot of 11-on-11 up here. Right. No, I mean, in my mind, you know, in my mind, he could have – if he was 100 – like I would, at the very least, want – 
he's 100 percent or close, you know, and ready to play, and can go into that week and is full go for the week. The perfect scenario. That Wednesday, Thursday, that Friday. One, that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. To me, the perfect scenario would be he'd he'd have two weeks. Right. You know, I I think it's probably not realistic to think that he could have anything more than that. I think the best case scenario, you know, like if if we're trying to say, hey, if we're saying that five weeks, and if we're saying that week one at least is a possibility, then okay, what would we, you know, let's work backwards. Well, we we at least need that week full speed. Um, preferably, we'd like two weeks. I feel like we ask any new contract player, what have they bought with that purchase? So I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't ask you. I I have a feeling, um, knowing, uh, I believe, a new granddaughter here recently. You have daughters as well. Uh, I've seen Linda up here. I don't know if she had anything that she wanted. Um, Any big splurge? Uh, Frank Reich doesn't strike me as a splurger money-wise, but anything with the new contract extension. No, not since the since the contract extension. Um, yeah, no big purchases since then. Maybe a uh, new driver. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I did know. buy a new driver. Okay. You're right, right. Kevin. I did right. buy a new driver, and uh, <laughs> so I, and I feel good about it. Um, but yeah, no, maybe the granddaughters are, are the most. Uh, they benefit the most. So um, you know, with with some things that we do and get for them, but that, it's fun. It's fun to share it with them. You know, I didn't tell Conti this because I, I don't think he would have brought you on. But last week, I'm driving up here early morning for the radio show, and I'm on the I'm, I'm driving into Grand Park, and you know, I think I'm keeping my eyes on the road. And next thing you know, I see you walking, and I I mean, you you, you catch me out of the corner of my eye, and I'm like, I kind of veer to the to, to the left. I don't think you were. You, you were rattled at all. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, can you imagine the headlines? And sure enough, two, two, <laughs> local radio host strikes coach. <laughs> two hours later, you sign this extension. I'm like, oh my oh. gosh, even <laughs> even more of these headlines right now. Had I you know not not, not seen you, up I there. was on my way over to the Monon. Okay, I was on to do a little jogging over in the Monon. I think, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So sometimes I, I I try. I get here, you know, just depending on when I wake up. If I wake up early, I come to the office first. Sometimes I'll go. I'll stop right over there and I'll just park my car in the parking lot there and gotcha. hop, hop on the Monon for a few miles. Um, and then sometimes I kind of come in, do a little bit of work, and then I walk. sometimes walk over there, sometimes drive over there. Yeah, but thanks for not hitting me that well. That is the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Frank Reich. That was awesome. Frank is just a good dude, man. Just a really, really good dude. So enjoyed that with KB. Also got a bonus interview for you. Colts quarterback Kenny Moore caught up with him after one of the joint practices along with the Carolina Panthers. This guy's just cool, man. He rolled up day one of training camp in a two-seater IndyCar with Pato Award. And he, he drove from the Speedway to Colts camp in a two-seater in a police escort. I mean, this guy is just Joe Cool. So Kenny Moore, BK Show, episode 30 bonus interview right now. Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest. It is Indianapolis Colts defensive back Kenny Moore on a very windy and warm day from practice at Grand Park in Westfield. Kenny, I have to imagine with the Carolina Panthers in town, every year for you it probably just feels nice to hit somebody else. Yeah, man, it's been good work from our own offense, but, um, you know, we just wanted to 
take advantage of the opportunity uh, here at practice versus Carolina. But, you know, going into a game week as well. So um, we just want to go over our rules and, and stay true to, you know, our foundation and, and just play fast. Kenny, when a team like Carolina comes in, does the approach for them change as the weeks go on? Like you'll take a look at what happened today, maybe apply that to tomorrow, and then by game day you kind of got a good grasp of what they're going to offer. Man, it's, it's honestly just a, a little dress rehearsal, you know what I yeah. mean? So um, before a game, and, and I think I think every team needs one of these opportunities to, to work it in practice to, to be able to correlate it in the game. So And, and then having off season, you know, you kind of lose some of that, you know, that juice. So um, it's just been pretty good to, you know, feel like you still got it and, uh, you know, just go back to your old ways. So uh, we just want to get back into season form as fast as possible. Kenny, let's go this route here. There's been, with injuries, a lot of setbacks on both sides of the ball. Frank Reich tested positive for COVID the first day you guys got here. How have you guys stayed positive throughout this entire last two weeks with all of the challenges that you have faced? Um, it's always a next man up man. Uh, mentality with the team, uh, whether it's player, coach, staff, whatever it is. But um, it's good to have Coach Frank Reich back uh, in the building. Um, and then having the other guys down, we just want to – you know, not forget about them, but but still move forward and 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 make our best up, our best up. So um, uh, we just can't wait to get everybody back in, in shape and in form, season form. So um, we just got to keep practicing and moving fast. When you look at a guy like Sam Darnold coming in this Sunday, you faced him last year, but he was a New York Jet, of course. He's in a new system. He's got new teammates. Do you take what you saw out of him the last couple of years in New York, or is it kind of a, like a blank slate where he's on a brand-new team and maybe he's refreshed a bit? Uh, he's a competitor. Yeah. You know, he's, in his, he's in his league for a reason, and, and I think he's a, a solid ball player. I said what's up to him out here today during the special team spirit, but um, a lot of great re- respect for, for Sam Darnold and, and the way he gets after it. So uh, from playing him in 2018 to playing him you know, probably in 2019, 2020, um, I, I just know he's a, he's a ball player. He's a gamer, so... Um, it's good to have him out here to get those game reps to see, you know, a quarterback come to town. So um, it's good to have him. It's Kenny Moore with us. Kenny, how do you defend a guy like Christian McCaffrey? Um, you just, you know, try to stay in front of him. Uh, not Christian. He's, he's a very crafty bet. Um, you know, you have great players in this league, but it's, but they're even greater when they know how to utilize their talents and abilities. So, and and I think for this Carolina offense, they know how to use, utilize, you know, their best players. So, um, to be a good team, you got to know, um, you know, to, to put your players in the best position to win. So, and I think they do a great job with that. So, um, great respect to, to Christian and uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Is he the bounciest guy you'll ever face? I mean, I, I've watched him today for the first time live. The bouncing of him coming off tackles is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he understands balance and self-control, so um, he, he's able to be very explosive. So yeah. um, he's very gifted. So um, I think the best play, the, the best way to play Christian McCaffrey is just play your rules and, and, and be honest and be disciplined So, uh, or he'll make you play. How do you rank their wide receiver core with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore leading the way? How good are they? Wide receiver. Uh, they're very good. Yeah. They're very good. Uh, solid receivers. I think it's a one-two punch, to be honest, mm-hmm. um, with a deep threat with with Robbie and inter- intermediate and and crafty uh, guy like DJ. Um, I think they they both have a bright future still. What was the intensity like today? Uh, we just wanted to play fast, but yeah. honestly, it was game. It was game reps. Mm-hmm. It was moving faster than you know how. It, already was uh versus our offense but um the 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 periods was going by fast and um 
every period was fast, but um, we just got to go in and make the corrections. But like I said, it's a, it's a dress rehearsal of, you know, getting ready for the season. So um, I just want to take advantage of the opportunity. I don't think it's any secret that you guys want 40 takeaways. And that was something that was talked about man, last year. Man. This was something that's been talked about this year. How achievable is 40 takeaways, Kenny? No, it's, it's tough. I yeah. mean, it's easy to say, but hard to do. Um, it's, it's very tough. I don't I don't know how many teams have gotten 40. Just a select but, few. Um, I mean, just to like, – I mean, we were just breaking down the huddle um, as DBs. And, you know, I mean, just myself personally, you know, I dropped three of them today. And, you know, it's unacceptable. So um, I got to go in right now and get on the jugs. Well, I think 40 is probably one of those things where if you're going to do it, you need to take advantage of every opportunity, right? Right. But, I, but like I said, it's easy to say and hard to do. So um, we just got to stay on it and um, be intentional about the game. Two quarterbacks right now, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. When you're going against them the last two weeks, again, that's your first time going against somebody else today. Yeah. But going against those two, have you differentiated any of their tendencies and how they like to play? Um, I think it's a working matter right now. Um, I don't think we we were able to, to – dissect the quarterback that fast um you know obviously having Carson here then having him out then being able to work with you know Sam and uh, uh Jacob um I think they're still learning their ways and learning the offense and still learning you know um their way through it all so um I'm excited to see these guys compete in the preseason. It's Kenny Moore joining us. Do you think that might be helpful as you go along in the year, though, that you have had now three different looks, make it four with Brent Hundley, I guess. You've had four different looks of guys under center, and as you go along this season, injuries can happen. You might be seeing all kinds of combinations as you go 17 weeks. That's a long season now. Yeah. um, I think that's what's... That's the funnest part about it. Um, it's always a different look. It, it's, it's a different challenge every week. You know what I mean? So, um, and like I say, it's just, it's just taking advantage of that opportunity and really putting your next step, um, making that your best step. So, um, we good here. David Overstreet, put him in the words, <laughs> because he's like the ultimate hype man. He needs like one of those McVeigh like hold back guys for him. You, you got to ask him because. Uh, before I go to special teams or, or, or to defense, I say, hey, come over here where I am. Because <laughs> he'll give you some juice, and, and hopefully on game day he's he's down um, on the field. So. I, I mean, he was covering more ground than you guys yeah, in that corner. Yeah, today. That's, that's, that's him for you. But, like, he, he he's a former ball player. You can see it in him. So um, we're very thankful, and, and, and it's, it's gracious to have him on the sideline. So uh, I love his passion, his love, and his juice for the game. So uh, and now big ups to – Coach DA. <laughs> Kenny Moore, Colts defensive back, is with us. Kenny, appreciate the time, man. Have yes, fun sir. this weekend. Episode 30 of the BK Show. Thanks to Frank Reich and Kenny Moore. That was really cool. Now, next week, a little change-up again. Lauren Burke, Texas softball player and TikTok star. Over 400,000 TikTok followers. Barstool athlete. NIL stud. We're going to talk over Zoom, so looking forward to that. We'll have a video interview uh, dropping on YouTube. Also, I want to tease this, but I can't really say fully what it is. There might be something to go along in that episode that would make a Longhorn special. Now, it's already going to be a Longhorn special. Again, Lauren Burke, Texas softball player, will join us. But there may be something a bit more... That could really turn it into a Longhorn special. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Because I don't know if it's fully confirmed yet, but we're going to throw our horns up. 
That's all I'll say. Episode 30 of the BK Show, 317-699-2350. BrendanKingShow at gmail.com. You can reach out anytime on Twitter at BKingSports. Brendan King Show with the Instagram. Friday beers, T-H-E-B-R-E, 15, 15% off right now. Thank you guys so much as always. And I cannot wait for Thursday night. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday morning, quite frankly, Marquee Sports Network, Thursday, that's August 19th, national TV debut, full game. I will be on Marquee along with Max Toma, our tremendous crew in South Bend. Damn, that's just one of those things where you think back to growing up and you're watching Cubs baseball on TV and you're like, I want this to be me. It's, as you guys know, it's always been my dream. Marquee Sports Network, South Bend Cubs baseball. And to kind of drop a little salt bay in on that too, this may be the start of something very, very special. I'll leave it at that. Episode 30. Love you guys. See you.